is Luke 17, verses 7 through 10. Please stand in recognition of the authority of God's Word. Luke 17, beginning in verse 7. This is the Word of God. In which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down and eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded of him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this, your word. As we dig into it, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to understand it, that you would help us to apply it in our lives, and that you would help us to love it and to love you through it. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our text today is actually one of the scripture references for this week's Heidelberg Catechism. And I would like to spend some time now just thinking about this verse in light of that question. Now, I know we just read the Catechism, but in order to refresh our memories, I'll read it again. The question asks, But do our good works earn nothing, even though God promises to reward them in this life and the next? And the answer is, this reward is not earned, it is a gift of grace. So, just like to ask the question, what can this passage in Luke teach us about good works and about God's response to these works? Well, I'd like first to notice that this passage is about the relationship between a servant and a master. And that is the first thing I think we should see in this passage, that we are servants. Specifically, we are God's servants. And as his servants, our time, our efforts, our work, They are not our own, but they are God's. Matthew Henry wrote that we are all God's servants, and as servants, we are bound to do all we can for his honor. Our whole strength, our whole time are to be employed for him, for we are not our own, nor at our own disposal, but at our master's. God is our master, we are his servants, and this is our proper place. And that is the second thing I think we should notice from this passage. That it is right and proper that we, the servants, be at the complete disposal of God, our Master. Look at the three rhetorical questions that Christ asks in this passage. Which of you, having a servant, but will he not rather say? And does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded of him? These rhetorical questions have the effect of demonstrating that obviously, the relationship that is being portrayed here between master and servant, between us and God, obviously this is the correct one. And as servants, we are expected to do the will of our master. If the master says to us, prepare the table, we prepare the table. And before we think this too harsh of the master, requiring a servant to tend to him after working all day in a hot field, let us remember what God says he requires of us. God says, be holy, for I am holy. He says in Deuteronomy 18, that you must be blameless before the Lord your God. 
Christ says in Matthew 5, that therefore you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Christ says that all the law and prophets are summed up in these two commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Basically, we are to give God everything that we have. Now, can we do that? Have we done so this past week? Have we done so today? Even in the last five minutes, have we given God everything we have? Praise God that he sent his son who did that which we could not. He perfectly obeyed the law of God. And he perfectly loved God and perfectly loved his neighbor, even to the point of death on the cross, that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become right the righteousness of God in him. What an amazing thing that our master, our king, to whom we owe all allegiance and all service, humbled himself by taking on human flesh and came not to be served, but to serve. Let us therefore be imitators of God. But I'm digressing a little bit. I'm supposed to be talking about good works and whether or not they merit anything from God. We have seen that our good works and our service to God are simply our duty to God as our master. We have seen the true extent as to what God requires of us, perfectly keeping the law, perfectly loving God, and perfectly loving our neighbor. In our fallen state, that is impossible for us. But, praise God, Christ has done that work for us. Freeing us from the weight of the law and enabling us instead to joyfully serve God and joyfully serve our fellow man, fellow man, to love Christ by keeping his commandments and doing good works. But the question remains, do those works merit anything? Do we earn anything by them? In answering that question, let us look at this word in verse 10, unprofitable. Now, I do not take the sense of the word as meaning the reverse of gain, as in uh, that was an unprofitable business venture because we lost a ton of money. Um, Our kingdom work does have value. The church will be triumphant, and we are making gains for the kingdom, praise God. The question is rather, have we added anything to God? Have we given him some value such that he owes us for it? Well, what does God say? Looking in Psalm 50, he says this, I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine in all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. God in his infinite self-sufficiency proves our utter inefficiency to add anything to him. God in no way could be benefited by the sacrifices of the Israelites, nor is he benefited by anything that we do. Even if we are perfectly righteous, God is in no way the better for it, nor does he owe us anything. 
Matthew Henry again says this, Whatever we do in the service of Christ, we must be very humble and not imagine that we can merit any favor at his hand or claim it as a debt. God cannot be the gainer by our services and therefore cannot be made a debtor by them. He has no need of us, nor can our services make any addition to his perfections. It becomes us, therefore, to call ourselves unprofitable servants. But again, the question is, then, if our good works merit nothing before God, why does he reward us for them at all? Why does he give us any good thing? That is perhaps a complicated answer, but I think one answer to that question is simply, he has promised to, and he delights to do so. Christ asked the question, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now a gift is something that is unmerited. And if we sinful earthly parents know how to give good unmerited gifts to our children, then how much more does our heavenly Father? And likewise, if we earthly parents can experience the joy of giving good things to our children, how much more joy then does our heavenly Father have in giving us good gifts. It says in the prophet Zephaniah that God rejoices over us with gladness, that he quiets us with his love, and that he rejoices over us with singing. This is the God, brothers and sisters, this is the God that we serve. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Is it not therefore an honor and a privilege and a joy to serve such a master? Why on earth, in our sinful state, why would we wish to trade that? Would we wish to trade a God who is good and loves to give us completely unmerited gifts with what? A business transaction? I did X and therefore you owe me Y? No, I don't want that. I don't want to serve that God. I want to serve the God of the Bible. I want to serve the God of Psalm 16. And you know, I'll just read that psalm. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the earth... As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrow shall be multiplied who hasten after another god. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance." I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me, instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This joy, these pleasures that God gives us, are given to him by his pure good pleasure and goodwill because he rejoices to do so. Praise God. I cannot earn that. 
It is only God that can give it. So that is the God that I wish to serve. And that is the God that this table points to. The God that gave us this supremely unmerited gift that while we were still sinners, while we were still at enmity with him, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. So, as we come to the table today, let us be careful to come in humility, not thinking that we have become partakers of it through any merit of our own. And let us come with joy and thanksgiving to the God who, if he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, shall he not through him also freely give us all good things. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you are a good God, that you are not a capricious God, that you have promised in your word that you will bless us, and that you do so purely for your good pleasure and for your glory. May we receive this um, the table now in rejoicing and thanksgiving, and may all the glory give to you for your good gift. In Jesus' name, amen.